Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Honest Conversations with Alex Cubis, brought to you by Nova Entertainment. In this installment, I have a chat with Grey's Anatomy star Giacomo Giannotti, a Canadian-Italian actor who has become a fan favorite for his role as Dr. Andrew DeLuca in Shonda Rhimes' mega-hit ABC show. Listen in to find out what belief Giacomo is an advocate for when it comes to success and happiness. And join me in hearing about what the passionate philanthropist and filmmaker has to say about making mistakes and being true to yourself. Are you an actor or a business owner? Well, take note of his advice about auditions that I'm confident will be applicable to many life scenarios, and specifically hear about what he think helped with his Grey's Anatomy self-tape audition. Make sure to listen to the end of the episode to hear one of the biggest lessons Giacomo has learned in the past few years about life and career, as well as many anecdotes and tips about shooting on set and staying in the zone. That's fine. It's honest conversation so I can be... Just keep me back on. This is actually a really good start. I'm probably just going to go with this and we can do trust that it is recording. Um, Welcome to another conversation with Alex Cubis, guys. Another honest conversation. And I'm sitting with Giacomo. Want to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Giacomo Gignotti. Thanks for having me. I had to get him to pronounce that because my, uh, (laughs) my pronunciation of his name couldn't quite nail it, even in the lead up to the interview today. Um, Giacomo... Uh, you were honest with me before that you didn't really know what my podcast was about. I don't really mind. Uh, if anything, it's for the better because this way I can uh, get you on your toes a little bit with uh, catching you off guard with the questions that I ask for all of my guests. I like to get them to be as honest as possible in answering these four questions in the moment right now. What do you think, feel, need, and want? Like right now. This is actually an acting exercise originally. Okay, what do I think? Yeah, so what do you think, feel, need and really want right now in this moment it could be just something is like i need to use the restroom think. Even you just do. What, do, uh, what do you mean what do i think about what about anything just even right now even the question that's a stupid you could say oh i think that's a stupid question <laughs> which is what a I'm, stupid question yeah cool. um i think a lot about my future mm-hmm. and um what's ahead i you know i'm a fan of like Buddhist practices about being present, letting go of materialistic things, but it's something I'm totally honest about not being able to achieve. Okay. You know, I struggle being in the present. I'm always thinking ahead. What can I be doing Mm -hmm. uh, to to better my career in the future three so that the the Giacomo in three to five to seven years from now can be living good? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I'm Mm -hmm. always trying to hustle, create opportunities. So my mind is always on the future, preparing for the future. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what do I, what was the next one? Feel. Feel. What do I feel? A, a tremendous amount of gratitude for the position that I'm in right now in my life. Um, uh, I'm in a place where I'm able to uh, be financially comfortable. I'm about to be married to the woman of my dreams. Um, my family is doing really well and I'm able to help them out for the first time in my life. So just a tremendous amount of gratitude for, for where I am and what I've achieved. Um, what do I feel? Uh, need and want. I need. I mean, apparently I need. nothing. Um, what do I need? I guess um, inspiration. Yeah, and that's what I really need. Every day I'm, I'm looking for that, that thing that is going to push me, um, that's going to inspire me to, to be more creative, right? Mm. Um, in the past couple of years, I've really been trying to make a, a, a step into directing and filmmaking. Oh, okay, And cool. so, you know, when you think about a need, I'm always looking for that inspiration of that story, of that joke, of that whatever that could maybe spawn the idea for a script or the idea for a music video or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's really what I'm, I'm, I'm always needing. Um, just something to keep me inspired and creative. Yeah. Um, what do I want? I want, um, I want for my family to be happy and healthy and at peace. That's like my, I'm such a big family guy. I don't know if it's because I'm Italian and we just have a huge focus on family, but. Plus the Canadian thing. I mean, you're also universally the nicest person. Uh, so. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we have that rap. Yeah. I hope I can uphold it. Um, yeah. Yeah, just, just having my family be good. Yeah, just puts. There's nothing that could put a bigger smile on my face. Just knowing that my family is all happy and healthy and yeah, and doing what they love. You know, those are pretty incredible answers. <clears throat> um, so, with your response to uh, 
what do you feel? And you're talking about gratitude and you've got all these amazing things going on. One, I'm a big advocate for how grat- practicing gratitude is just as a means to actually improve your life. It improves your attitude, then you attract more, all of that sort of stuff. But uh, my first thought when you were talking about that was, are you worried or thinking about when the uh, other shoe is going to drop or like, ooh, like what is, what is wrong at the moment? Like you, you need inspiration, but is there something that, um, is this the first time in your life that you've arrived at this place? As it, I mean, you had a pretty successful start to your career in America. So if, if there isn't a fear of the other shoe dropping, then how long do you think have you been in this state of, um, I don't want to say just blissful happiness, mm-hmm. but of practicing gratitude and how did you, how did you get there? Yeah. I mean, definitely in the past year, um, in the past year, even the first six months of this year, um, I just hit a lot of professional and personal milestones, mm-hmm. um, in my life. Um, and, um, I'm not going to go into detail about all of them, but some of them, you know, I, I was able to, you know, buy a home in mm-hmm. Toronto, my city where oh, wow, I grew cool. up yeah. and that was, you know, Huge a very thing. big milestone for me on a personal level to be able to not just be able to afford to do that, but to be able to share that with my family mm-hmm. and to, you know, um, show some, some worth and some proof that this kind of crazy career of being in the circus and traveling around and mm. being an artist and acting and stuff like that, that it can, uh, it's not a crazy idea. It, it can be financially, um, um, providing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's obviously, you know, very rare and yeah. I'm very aware of that yeah. privilege that I'm in. Um, but that was a big milestone. I got to travel to Kenya this summer and uh, do some volunteer work there with my fiance. Um, it was a big dream of mine to go to Kenya and to visit Africa, and I'd never been, and so that was a that was a huge thing. Um, being on a show this successful for this amount of time mm. ha- has granted me so many uh, incredible uh, things, just exposure and and opportunity and you know ability to get into rooms and talk to people who before I mean. I wouldn't even be able to get to the door. And if I did, I'd have to break it down. What was the first realization or the moment that you fully appreciated the shift that Grey's Anatomy brought into your life? Besides the consistency of just being on set, like the outside effect, like was it a meeting with so-and-so or Um, what was it where you were like, oh, wow, this is cool? Yeah, after I'd been on the show as a as a series regular for about a year, I just yeah, you know, you start getting recognized at places, you start getting you know invited to you know swankier parties and things like that. Which you know, for me, if anybody who knows me, I don't not... go to any of those. Yeah, yeah, they really have to drag me. Yeah, um, I, I I really do detest all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, every once in a while, I mean, they serve a purpose, right? Networking yeah. is a huge part of what we do. Um, but it, it's also, there's a fine line in, in being too, trying to be seen too, For, yeah, trying definitely. to yeah. always be at every party and bumping shoulders and you know what I mean? It's also like it's uh, if that takes precedence over the work itself, then it's like, what are you schmoozing for? Exactly. Right. If you have nothing to schmooze about because yeah. all you're doing is schmoozing. Then it's meaningless. Then yeah. Work on your, work on your yeah. art, work on your stuff, work yeah. on you. Yeah, definitely. And then when, when that working and working and working and hustling and not sleeping and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Finally bears fruit, then go to a party and talk yeah. about this cool dope shit you created. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But, but be prepared like, to go home. So, you know, I see a lot of those people and I, and you know, I've met a lot of those people and I just, uh, especially when you see one of those people, I'm always reminded of like, oh my God, yeah. You don't want to be, be that, that guy. person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, so yeah, that, just, just, just yeah. being more selective with that kind of stuff. But, you know, going back to what you asked, yeah, it was just a, a noted more attention and like I could just get into certain places easier and access people easier, you know, to get into meetings or auditions that I previously probably right. wouldn't have been able to, um, and in terms of meeting people, is that with respect to the content that you want to be directing and writing and producing more? Like, have you noticed that there's been a shift? A little in- bit, yeah. More on the acting level, though. Okay. More on just sort of being more taken more seriously and yeah. in that way. Um, 
you know, just because uh, being episodic, it's like I'm pumping out so much content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do 24 episodes in yeah, a season. A lot, so yeah, not a lot there's a lot to, to show people. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot for people to see. Whereas when I was starting out, it was so hard. People were like, what can you do? And I hadn't been on anything, so I couldn't show them. So I was, you know. So when did you officially st- say you started acting and like, I'm an actor? When was that for you? I did a film when I was 10 years old in oh, Rome. Oh, wow. Okay. In Rome. Uh, and it was a complete, you know, my uncle had a friend who was a casting director. I would spend the summers in Rome because that's And you're 29 now? Yes. Okay. So you've been at it for, t- t- like, I mean, obviously you were a mm-hmm. school student and mm-hmm. stuff, so you weren't doing yeah, it full time, but nearly 20 years. I've been nearly 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On and off to different yeah. sort of levels of yeah. uh, focus. So any listeners out there, any actors, um, it's just also time is a universal thing that across any career any creative industry it's time and persistence right um yeah anyway sorry continue to cut you off um so you did the film when you were 10 yeah did this film when i was 10 with some like really big italian actors like victorio and alessandro gasman um and you were living in italy at the time i was spending my summer oh every summer my my parents would send me to rome where my grandmother was Mm -hmm. and my italian family and i would spend the sort of two i don't know how it works in australia but in, in canada we get two months off in uh, elementary yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. For the summer, right? Yep, yep. So I would go to Rome, uh, spend it with my grandmother there. Learn the language and, and uh, practice the language. Yeah. yeah. And I had friends that, you know, I hadn't seen for the whole year. So every mm-hmm. summer was really exciting because it was the first time in a year that I would have seen them. So right. uh, lots to catch up about. And my uncle knew a casting director. And I was like kind of a monkey when I was a kid. I was climbing on things, jumping off things. And, and he saw me and said, hey, would Jack want to be in a movie? Because I got like a little bit apart from this in this movie. Look for these street kids that pr- play pranks on this restaurant uh, mm-hmm. waiter, and then they run away. And could he do it? And he's like, I don't know. Ask him. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he asked me, "Want do you want to be in a movie? And, I mean, I was 10 years old. I didn't even know what that even meant. Wow. It was just like. So you didn't have any aspirations to be no, seen? No, not, not at all. I showed up on this set, and um, they said lights, camera, action, in Italian, of course. And I was uh, with these other two kids and we were supposed to be playing pranks on this on this waiter who we would wait for him in, on, on the back of the restaurant every night yeah. when he'd take out the trash we'd like pull his pants down and push him in the dirt or <laughs> do all these things and we'd run away and right. so um we'd have to like slide under fences or jump over fence you know and so they just needed kids who had a little bit of like agility oh, okay. and uh so i did it had fun and then i didn't really do anything with it after that and then as i started getting a little older um, in my teens, I started taking it a little bit more seriously when I was 16. I moved to Toronto, which was a bigger city in Canada. And, um, where, and where were you living before Toronto? It's a small town, just like two and a half hours. Calgary? Of it. Or, no, it's, oh, uh, it's called Perry Sound. It's okay. where my mother was living. Okay. Oh, cool. But it was yeah. a small town, 6,500 yeah. people. Wow. That was sort of where I had most of my early, early childhood, okay. apart from the summers in, in, in Rome. But then when I was 16, I moved to Toronto, which was the big city, which was a big change for me. And I attended an arts high school, and that's where I majored in drama in okay. high school and started taking theater very seriously. Right. Um, but even then, I was just you know I was just working in 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 uh, in high school doing mm. plays and things like I wasn't actually mm. a working actor. It okay. wasn't until I left high school that I started taking it seriously, trying to get an agent, all that kind of stuff. So okay. um, although I did have an artistic experience from 10 to 18, yeah. I would say from 18 to where I am now, 29 is where a lot of focus and hard work was put in. And it became a professional pursuit. Yeah, and did you go to college or did you go to acting school? I did. School? I went to theater school in Toronto Oh wow! Okay. Um, for three years. Yeah. After high school, I was so – I didn't really do well in school. high school. I was kind of sick of it and I – I, even though I wasn't diagnosed, I'm certain I had some kind of like learning disability because I just didn't, I, I just couldn't focus in class. I don't know right. if it's like ADHD or, or whatever, okay. but um, it was hard for me to focus. But acting was the one place where it was where like, could, I could be on my feet, I could be moving around, yeah. I could be using my body and my voice, and I wouldn't get in trouble. Yeah, right. And it was exciting. And homework was not with my pen. It was like I would learn th- words and, and speak them out loud or. Or try to create a song or something. Jacob so, was very animated, by the way, for yeah, listening. Yeah, I'm not filming this. He's moving his hands a lot to demonstrate. <laughs> That's the Italian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so so that was really cool. And I felt like supported for the first time. And, mm-hmm. and so, so, but I was sick of school. Okay. So I wanted to just go right into the yeah. I knew I wanted to pursue post 
secondary education in theater, but I wasn't ready for it quite yet. Mm -hmm. So at 18, I moved back to Rome and I spent two years there. Wow. I was bartending in the evenings um, in the center of Rome. Okay. And in the days, I would go and audition. Oh, that's a great experience. I was trying to get parts in Italian, uh-huh. you know, for my reel to be acting in Italian, yeah, yeah, just to yeah. have that kind of thing to bring yeah. back to America. Yeah, right. Um, smart. That's a pretty. That's a pretty astute and smart tack for a young kid to think about the things that way, because it's like you're figuring out a niche um, already at that age. Yeah. And you that that rather than jumping straight to uh, straight to LA. Yeah. Well, I, my you know my little sister's 18. Uh, she just graduated the same arts high school um, mm. uh, that I did. And although, I mean, she's way smarter than me, um, she's going to university right away. Um, and, uh, but that's her, that's her journey and that's her choice. And she's Mm -hmm. very happy. Uh, she doesn't know exactly what she wants to do, but Mm -hmm. she wants to help people. She's going to youth, the social work. And she just was like, I want to help people. I want to help families. I don't know exactly how, but you know, there's this great program at the university. I really want to do it. So I'm like, great. But you know, before she had decided to do that, I was telling her, do not succumb to this pressure mm. that society puts on you that you have to go to university. And especially straight out of school. So because oh I certainly did. So yeah. what gave you the confidence to be able to just go to Italy for two years and get a job? I knew I wanted to be an actor. I knew I knew I wanted I knew I wanted to be an actor. I knew I wanted to take it seriously. I'd been bitten by the theater bug. I had no aspirations for television and film. I wanted to do theater and that's what I was wow. studying in high school. Um but, and I knew I wanted to do theater school as well, but I was just so done with school. And this, mm. after going through high school, I just needed a break. And I wanted to see what would happen if I just kind of threw myself in a little bit. You know mm. what I mean? Um, so that was sort of the inspiration f- for that. And after two years of being in Rome, I didn't get anything. And I booked a plane ticket back to, to Toronto. And that's when I got a job in Rome, of course. So if you're not working, book a plane ticket somewhere. You'll yeah. probably get a job. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy before. how that works. Yeah. Um, it's also just a rule for that if you put your focus elsewhere. Yeah. Has that happened to you before where you've sort of like maybe not put so much pressure on acting? Or as you said before, you're an ambitious guy constantly thinking ahead. Has there been an, a moment or a few instances where you sort of took your foot off the pedal a little bit and then you noticed that things started to flow a little better? Yeah, I mean, that's something even now I'm still, it's still having happens. to learn. I'm still having like to what's remind a recent, myself. What's a recent lesson. example where you've noticed that? Or you're still learning to actually yeah, do that. Right? Yeah, it's something okay. I still struggle with. Okay. You know what I mean? Being able to just, hey, get out of the way mm. of, of life sometimes. Yeah, get out of your like, own way too. Yeah, yeah. Just, just ride the wave. And that is not to say be lazy, sit on your ass and wait for To find balance. Because that's not going to happen. So how do you... It's, it, of course, put yeah. in the work and be focused. Yeah. And try to be you know putting things forward. But like you have to have a little bit of trust in the universe that... If you're on the right path, the universe will send you signs to keep going. But Are you sign, spiritual or religious? I'm definitely not religious. I'm okay. an atheist, but I do believe in, in, I guess, a spirituality of sorts mm-hmm. in the universe. There's certain things that I can't, I definitely can easily not, not chalk them up to a religion um, per se, but chance meetings, mm. um, coincidences that go far beyond possibility, or luck, um, they're or... just too, it's just too improbable. And so I believe that, you know, you do, you, I mean, even the way that you were cast in your first film, that was a pretty, yeah. And that, it, that it happened at an age where you're not too, you weren't I, caring yeah, too much I, about it. I don't know it. if I totally believe in coincidence. Sometimes there are some things where I'm like, yeah, that was just a coincidence. Okay. <laughs> but, but there's bigger things where I feel like, no, I was meant to meet that person on that day. And, yeah. you know, this horrible thing happened to me, which led me to, to being at this place where I was met that. And then that, you know, it's like, it's all kind of connected. If you follow the dots backwards, yep. you know what I mean? yeah. you can everything, trace, everything, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Too. You can trace significant yeah. moments in your life backwards yeah. and say, what, what brought me there? And like what you were saying about your podcast and mm-hmm. like, um, following careers and career shifts and mm-hmm. sort of like how people have made their careers. Mm-hmm. It's all about, you know, forks in the road mm-hmm. in your life. And what you chose, you know what I mean? And sometimes um, what feels like a mistake at the time was really a lesson, you know what I mean, that you needed to learn. And yeah, it, it, it wasn't a mistake. So two, two things that I 
want to draw from that. One, um, I guess I could sort of conflate them. Have there been any uh, episodes where you either thought you made a mistake or something terrible happened in career-wise that you have since realized later that it was a blessing in disguise or you were able to use in some way or it taught you something valuable? Yeah, um, I think... um when I first got out here to LA for the pilot season, this was four years ago. Yeah, it was four years ago. I um, wow. I tested for a pilot, and we went into negotiations for it. And um, testing means um, for those listening who aren't familiar with the process, testing means getting to network. So you're in the final two or three. Uh, you're in serious contention for a leading role on a network TV show. So I was uh, I was testing for this pilot. And um, they had called my, my management and, and were negotiating prices and all that kind of stuff. And mm. we weren't happy with sort of the rate that they had okay. come forward with. Yeah. And my, my management had, you know, advised me, you know, walk away from this. You know what I mean? This is not, and even that was more money than I had ever yeah. seen or And that would have been, at the time, would have been your first regular role? Would have my, yeah, my first regular you had role. You done Not by just that? regular role, but like lead of the right. series. You know, okay. just, not just on the call sheet, but, you know, yeah. uh, number one. You wow. Know I mean? So for me, it was really hard to hear my management say, turn this down. Mm. Um, it's not good enough. You know what I mean? Walk away from yeah. this because it was more than, you know, I had ever, and I could be the lead of a TV show. Like, yeah. why would you turn that down? Even yeah. if they were paying me peanuts. Yeah. So I was like, why would I not want to be the lead yeah. of a TV show? I love the project. Okay. Um, but we, we decided to, to walk away and I was really heartbroken over it. And I had a little bit of tension with my management, to okay. be honest. Are you still with them? Yep. Yep. Right. Um, right. my whole team has been with them from the beginning and yeah. I, I love them. And, um, I ended up taking the offer that was already on the table from Grey's Anatomy. We okay. went forward with that, and I started working on Grey's. And then, you know, after a while, um, I, you know, was reading on Deadline, which is a popular yeah. Um, yeah, you know, um, news site for, news site for um, entertainment. Uh, entertainment industry, where you can read about, you know, new films or rights being given to directors or producers, castings that are announced. And uh, I saw they, they had casted this role. That I had passed on, and this was before you got on Grace. This is before I got on Grace, mm-hmm. and um, some young, fresh kid out of theater school. So that even hurt a little bit more too, because I've been working longer, and okay. so I felt like, oh god, yeah. Um, and it was, it was, uh, it was canceled. You know, it within, didn't go. It didn't even go to series. No, there you go. And um, I reading this script thought it had tremendous potential. I mm-hmm. thought it was extremely smart, well-written, original. And so at that point I threw my hands up and I went, I don't understand Hollywood and mm-hmm. I'm going to stop trying to. Right. Because yeah, that would have been really liberating. I read so many projects every year. I read them, you know, mm. I mean? even though I haven't been able to go out for pilot season, you still want to read the contract. I yeah. still want to read the pilots. I have friends of... that are writers and directors yeah. who send me them being like, I'm about to send this in. What do you think? Yeah. 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 And, and, they're oftentimes like incredible and they, they don't even get picked up as a pilot. Like forget going to series. Like, you know what I mean? I, it, it's remarkable. And then I'll read absolute horseshit and it gets picked up full series. And you're just kind of like, I so don't understand. Yeah. I just don't understand Hollywood and I don't understand, you know, different networks are looking for different things. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you watch a network for any given amount of time, you'll yeah. understand very quickly what the things they value. Yes. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a very difficult time. We have so much content, so many platforms. I just saw a, a poster on the way here that AT&T yeah. is now doing, yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. even, even they are now breaking yeah. into the production market, right, mm-hmm. of producing original content. Facebook Watch, they make their own content now, actual professional TV YouTube, shows. you know what I mean? Yeah. So now that everybody wants to get into the, you know, original content game. And so um, what's your theory? So you said that you don't understand it, but have you at least hypothesized the reasons why this, as you say, or use your word, horseshit gets made versus mm-hmm. things that you believe in? Or do you think that you just have particular taste? I just think that people crunching the numbers at the top are not creatives, right? They don't understand mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? They're looking at patterns yeah. and, uh, 
success rates and, and viewership and ratings yeah. from past shows yeah. from past years saying this model works mm. but there's no such thing as a model it's Especially like because the climate and political culture and everything changes that that yeah. changes audience tastes if the audience reacts so. and loves something they love something yeah it could be the most unconventional unheard of mm. un everything mm. Like Breaking Bad. I just I was fuck? just thinking of Breaking Bad as you oh, said that. Can I not swear on this? No, 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 no you've, okay. already, you've already sworn, so it's totally oh, um Yeah, I was know, literally just thinking Breaking Bad when you said there that. There was nothing like that mm. ever on TV. Mm. This teacher who who gets cancer and wants to start, you know, making meth with mm. uh, one of his students who doesn't even go to high like Yeah. Not only how do you think of that, how the hell do you get a studio behind that? Yeah. How do you how to get a network behind that? Well, AMC was a fledgling network at that point, so they could take a risk. They took a huge risk. Yeah. But I would I would urge other more mainstream networks who obviously all have success mm. at the goal, at the heart of it, you know what I mean, to take more risks. Like, yeah, produce those three shows that, you know, have all the you know, amazing superheroes and vampires and all that and kind of stuff that seem to be so attractive yeah, yeah, to which yeah. I still don't understand. Right. Um, so you, a superhero is not in one of your list of many ambitions? No, goals? no. I mean, it's it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, if someone's like, hey, want to play Superman? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah. But is it stories that I'm necessarily, like, super drawn to telling? No. Okay. Like, I think there's more strength in seeing how powerful a human is. Mm. Totally. You know what I mean? Who doesn't have superpowers. Yeah. And what they're able to accomplish. Yeah. Right? Uh, with the sort of limitations um, that we have. I mean, they're not limitations, mm. but if you compare us to yes. superheroes, yeah, yeah, yeah. limitations, yeah. I can't fly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So I'll just urge networks to be like, okay, I know you have your corporate structures, your things. So produce those three shows that are very kind of like, you know, risk-free. And then take one on every year that is a risk, a huge risk, something mm. you've never seen before. You know what I mean? And just see if we can start producing something more original. But, you know, there's a lot of great stuff going on right now. Even though it's very saturated and there's so much TV to watch, you could never watch it if you tried all mm. of it. Yeah, there's not There are, time. you know, each network... Especially if you, ironically enough, if you work in the industry, the hours are too crazy that there's each, no time to watch. Each um, network or provider, or, you know, Netflix, Hulu, all these places, they all have at least one really, really solid thing that they're doing. You know what I mean? So... Um, so in your own career, how what's an example of a risk that you've taken recently? Even if it was just on set and you took a you took something you took what you thought was a risk in a take or something as simple as that versus maybe there was a larger example. A risk that I've taken recently in my career. I'm very calculated to be honest. Like I it's similar to the network, so you sort of understand I what think the I weigh everything very carefully I try to not take too many risks or if it is a risk not even creatively it's or a like very, with your yeah, sure creatively maybe yeah like in, yeah. in the moment uh, it's hard to think of things um, I mean I think I'm taking a risk you know putting myself out there as a, as a director you know okay. what I mean and, and, and I'm um, I'm shadowing this season on Grey's Anatomy so oh, I'm going to wow, be shadowing a lot of the directors and working directly with them awesome um so I'm taking a lot of risks in those conversations that I have with them when they say, yeah. when they look at me and say, Giacomo, how would you have shot this? Oh, And okay. I'm having to answer right away and yeah. come up with something and, you know, riding that balance of trying to be honest with actually, and mm -hmm. also trying to impress as we always try to hey, do. So of this podcast. Yeah. So we're, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's riding that line, you know what I mean? So I think that's where I'm going to be taking a lot more risks as of now. Um, do you feel really uh, a little bit too comfortable and borderline complacent with acting with being on a series and how do you sort of shake it up and keep things interesting for yourself when you're filming procedural I saw, type stuff I, I all was, the time I, I mean I was and I still am a huge fan of Inside the Actors Studio mm -hmm. with uh, James Lipton yeah, yeah, yeah. every episode yeah. um, and uh, Colin, Colin Firth mm -hmm. he did one and I loved his and he had a note about um James Lipton had asked him what his process was for uh, scripts, right? Mm -hmm. Breaking down scripts and analyzing them, you know, in sort of preparation to playing the characters. And he had said a bunch of really things, a bunch of things that were really great. But then he said, I always try to find the humor. I always try to dig, even if it's not a humorous role, I always try to find where 
there is humor within this character, humor within this script, mm-hmm. how I can inject something funny, something humorous. Mm-hmm. Because even the most deeply villainous, evil person has a sense of humor. Yeah. And can equally be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of villains in comic book movies are actually quite funny. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're usually audience favorites. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Joker, for example, yeah. you know, I mean, of course his name's the Joker, but I mean, yeah. Or Kate Blanchett so, in the latest Thor movie or roles like that. Right. Yeah. You know, very entertaining. Yeah. They're deeply evil people. Mm-hmm. So you think you should just be scared of them, but like, why can't we also laugh at them mm-hmm. too? Right. So that was something that for me, I guess that's something for me that within it to keep it fresh Mm-hmm. is to always try to find that sense of humor because it's a drama mm-hmm. where we're talking about people's life and death often losing you know children and it's very sad a lot of the stuff that we do but I really so I really try to hang on to the comedy and the humor as much as I can and inject it where I can and, and so try to you, bring lightness do you, do you figure that out like in the moment when you're acting with someone and then you see a line and you're like you know what like actually maybe I should like to give a terrible example like because we don't have the specific script in front of us but like Maybe this line I could like maybe say with a wink or something like that. Is that like a random example? I think half of it is in preparation with myself at home, mm-hmm. and then half of it comes in the moment, yeah. right? Because yeah. you you might have prepared something mm-hmm. smart, cheeky, mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Um, but then you get there and you meet the actor, and and they're doing something different that that just doesn't work. Yeah, with, and you need to be able to check yep. your ego and say, okay, that's what they're giving me. So that is an interesting process. How do you negotiate that with each other's bringing, uh, with series regular actors as well mm-hmm. as guest actors, and they each bring something to the scene that maybe you haven't anticipated or prepared for? What goes on in those conversations where you, you negotiate it, and what at what points do you defer to the director? How, like, do you uh, succumb think, to the actor that's been on the show for longer than you? Like, how right. does it, does I, it work? I think I've... Having been the underdog for a long time, mm-hmm. and the guy who was guest starring or the yeah. guy the little actor role, like <laughs> running into a room and saying, "Here are your scans, doctor." Like, that was my whole role. Um, you know what I mean? Like, what was the character um, description when you auditioned for it? Was it supposed to be like a meaty guest, or um, it was just like a new guy who okay. they were trying out? They're you know we they had had some exits. Patrick Dempsey had just left yeah, the show, yeah. so they were just wanting to inject Freshen the show up. with some yeah. new energy and see. Trying, you know, I came in with four other people in my intern class, and I'm the only person who's who's remained. Oh wow! Um, Congratulations! And now we have another intern class that started last year, and it was kind of a weird time. Yeah, changing the guard. Oh wow! Yeah, that was me. You know, three years ago coming in, fresh Mm -hmm. blood, and and so now they're already injecting the show with with new people who are great. Um, But since I I had for so long played played those parts and been that guy and being having to give up a lot of the power. I have no ego in that sense, and I've learned a lot about you know learning your function in the mm, scene. Okay, that's good. That's good. Note. Very important. Because yeah. you're telling a story. It's not the scene. Is the show is not just about you. No. Yeah. No, the no, whole, no. whole. You thing. are a part of a story. You mm. know what I mean? And and you need to know what your part of that story is. That comes a lot from my like theater training. Okay. Uh, and analyzing plays and scripts and doing like the function of a character, the function of a role. It's something that's really ingrained in me from from theater school because once you find that Mm -hmm. you just latch onto it and you'll always be good because you know what you're supposed to do in the scene you're not doing too much and you're not doing too little you're doing just enough so you need to see when the scene is not about you you need to see when your character is servicing another character Mm -hmm. or servicing another Mm storyline that is not the main one yeah and just being honest with that. There's yeah. nothing that doesn't make you less yep. or more or Don't whatever. Judge it. just, it's just it's just the yeah. reality of what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe maybe tomorrow or the next day the episode is more centralized around you. You know what I mean? Um, but like trying to be funny and this in the scene when it's like not about you, it's it's doesn't just taking away from the serve for service of the story. So is that the first thing that you do when you break down your script or you get your sides? You Absolutely. Look at what is my function in this scene? You ask yeah. yourself that question. Yeah, before you even look at the lines. Yeah, you know right. I mean? It's like, what? What is? why did the writer put me in this scene? Yeah, because of a huge cost. Why did the writer write sure. me into this scene? Yeah, because I could have What's taken... What's the function? The why Why did he say Giacomo needs to be in this scene? Versus right? the other actors, yeah. Simply. And then just accomplish that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then just, you know, who you are and your character, you've done your research, so just be. Just, just show up and just be... The guy, you know what I mean, in that situation. Um, also, uh, studying more into directing in the past couple of years, that's also given me a huge 
even even stronger insight to that thing because you're really looking about because I'm not even an actor now and I'm really looking at the characters from even further away and saying what is the function of this character mm. how did they, how are they servicing the story are they even necessary mm. can I make these two people one person mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah totally all these kinds of things that you know you you wouldn't have typically thought of as an actor but once you do that kind of storytelling character work from a directing and prep perspective when you then slip your actor hat back on you're much more aware of those things and, and not overstepping so I think there is some politics obviously in Hollywood if you're like a guest star and there's a big star I've heard horror stories from people being you know mistreated from some actor or with a big ego to look at them in the eye. right like you know yeah. those things unfortunately are true um, not all of them of course but you know um, uh, but yeah that, that's a really hard thing it's a, I've had friends be in that position I've luckily never been in a position where, you know, there was some guy who had a big ego or some woman who had a big ego. So um, everyone I've worked with is very lovely. Um, but every actor has their kinks and every actor has their things. And some people went to theater school. Some people didn't. Some people just started and are getting really excited. So it's what like, do you think, what do you think your, yours are, your kinks at the moment? Obviously, you've been experienced working for a while, but are there still things that you're, you're currently working through or working on with respect to your craft? Um... I've been this way for a couple of years now, but it's, I've been in a big, uh, a big advocate for, for trusting your ability. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not working too hard. I, I, I feel like there's a, there's a dangerous, I feel like there's a dangerous, um, thing that can happen when you, you let go of your trust in your ability and you start to idolize or make a guru out of some acting teacher, acting coach could be your theater school, could be a friend when you completely are so adherent to somebody's kind of process. Yeah. Um, by all means, uh, if you're feeling uninspired, go to an acting class. Mm. Absolutely. But try not to take it, too seriously and mm-hmm. think that the woman or the man in that room teaching that class is some kind of acting god and they've got it all figured out mm-hmm. you know what I mean because they would probably be full-time actors themselves working if they had correct to. yeah correct but I, I think just deeper than that we all have different processes and they're all valid you know in theater school I was, re- I was reading a lot of books on theater and some of them were bullshit I found but the other people like we're like, oh no, this is this is me. This is what I do. And I was like, great. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? When you watch a film, it's incredible for me because I, I'm watching two actors who come from different training and backgrounds coming to the exact same result yeah. in a different way. Yeah. And they're working harmoniously different together. To, for the same end. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, some people need silence. Some people like, you know, if there's like an emotional scene or something very intense, like I like to be quiet. I like to be away from people. I like to listen to music. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. I'm, you know, I like really, you know, I, I hate being called a set when it's not ready. That really pisses yep. me off. Yep. Um, uh, when you're called to set and you're then waiting around for five, 10, then, 15 minutes. Yeah. Because you come out of your trailer or in theater, you come to the wing of the theater yeah. and you're, you're all amped up. And when you're yeah. called early, you then, all that energy that's built up just kind of dissipates. And then you're waiting, you're sitting in a chair, so you're literally lowering yourself to yep. the ground, your energy is dropping. Um, Do you have mechanisms in place to sort of keep that energy up in if, when that does happen? Which I can imagine it does happen on a show. Yeah, I mean, just uh, just jumping stand, around a little bit. Yeah, get your blood stuff. flowing, shake yeah. your arms out, shake Push your knees ups. out, yeah. being, being loose, you know what I mean? Mm. Just being loose and open and, and stretching. Stretching is really important. Mm-hmm. You know? Blood flow. Yeah, yeah, getting in the body. Yeah. Also, because all that stuff connects to your brain too, right? Yeah. You know, the most important thing is your brain, having it working, <laughs> having it being sharp, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I guess that's a little bit of my process. No, that's that's really, really cool, man. Um, so, aside from luck and time, um, obviously, there's been a lot of hard work throughout your career, but there's been like a good steady build and it currently has culminated with a regular ongoing role in Grey's. And then before that, there were like guest roles, small mm-hmm. movie parts, the move from Toronto to uh, LA as well. 
What do you think was the consistent through line with building everything together to its current point? Was it going back to what I was just saying before? Trusting myself. Okay, cool. Trusting my ability. Yeah, that I, I really didn't, believe that I it. that I wasn't that the reason that I wasn't winning wasn't because I wasn't talented or that I was wrong. Is that it wasn't my moment yet? Mm. And to trust that I have to just keep going. A lot of actors leave audition rooms or they don't get jobs that they go to string on a, of months or year where they don't get a job and they think there's something wrong with themselves. And unfortunately, that's just not the case. I can't speak that for everyone. Maybe there are some people that maybe do need to do some work in training. They're a little green. They're a little inexperienced. Um, sure. Um, but, but for people who are really, you know, trying it, really giving it a go, have been for some time, feel confident in their skills... It's just about putting in the work and continuing to show up every day. You're going to get those doors in the face, you know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that you're invalid. That doesn't mean that you're a bad actor. That means you were wrong for the part. Yeah. We as actors put so much pressure on ourselves um, to, to get the part, to do the thing, like not realizing what a privilege it was that you just got invited to that room. Yeah. What a privilege it was that people asked you to come in and, you get to act and in perform. Like, it's a privilege. There's people who can't even get representation. There's yeah. people that can't even get into those rooms. People are doing, like, you know, community theater and stuff just to stay inspired and yeah. bless those people. Yeah. Because that you need to stay inspired. You need to stay... So for me, you know, I often get invited, oh, why don't you go to a class or why don't you go to a thing? Like, I don't want anyone to mess up the focus and the, the, the strategy and the craft uh, and the process that I've naturally built. I don't want anyone to infiltrate that because you have many that. years too. Like yeah. now, yeah, you feel. I don't want to mess with it because I, I, you know, one thing. This is kind of a funny story. Um, <laughs> when I go to auditions, um, especially earlier in my career, yeah. I would go in like full, full method. Like I would do it. I would be in costume. Like literally, I would be in costume. Mm -hmm. Not a ridiculous costume. But I would I would try to if you were walk into for a the police officer. You would yeah dress, you know, yeah I'd have like a yeah. blue blue pants blue yeah. shirt black belt. I wouldn't bring in a gun because uh -huh. that's crazy. Yeah. But you know if I had some little badge or something or whatever, my Grey's Anatomy audition, I was wearing a lab coat and a shirt and a clipboard really? and a stethoscope around my neck. Is it a self tape? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You know what I mean? And a lot of people made fun of me for that stuff. And my management and all that stuff also, they still make fun of me today. Yeah. Uh, they don't, don't go in the audition room dressed in a thing. And I'm like, but then I keep being like, ah, yeah, but I booked that job though, didn't yeah. I? Oh yeah, but I booked that job too though, didn't I? Mm. So it's like, I find sometimes casting directors have a, a lack of imagination. And mm. so the less work they have to do mm -hmm. to imagine you in that role, mm -hmm. the better is the way I see it. So I'm not now telling you that you have to now go, if you're an actor listening to this, you have to not go and dress up for every part. And if it's like a cowboy, you got to show up, you know, with boots cowboy and a cowboy hat. hat. No, I'm not saying that. But like, give them a little something. Yeah. Something give them a little flair. Give them yeah. a little something, a little feeling of that. You know what I mean? Another great piece of advice um, is going back to that privilege of being in that room. Like, take command of that room. Yeah. That room is Run yours. The Run the room. Yeah, run the room. There's all different kind of variations of ways you can say this, but the amount of times I have actors or friends of mine say, you know, coming out of audition rooms or coming back home from an audition with their heads down, like there, there really is, I believe, no excuse for that. If you're not happy with the work that you did in the room, why did you leave it? Mm -hmm. Who told you to leave? Have you had a... Was there an, an incident where you screwed up and then you said, I'm going to do it again? Every time. Why? Cool. Every time. And they're totally cool. With I never, it. like, nail it off mm -hmm. the bat. And either way, I'm going to want to try it. Even if I do nail it off the bat, I'm still going to ask for another one. You tell, them, often, you tell them or you ask them? You say, I'm going to do another one or yeah, I'm going to do it again yeah, rather than yeah. can I do it again? Yeah. Yeah, there's a big difference. Yes, that. I would definitely go away from asking and yeah. just telling. Again, yeah. run the room. It's yeah. your room. Yeah. It's your time. Yeah. You know, treat it as if, you know, it's your office and they've come and they've called for a meeting with <laughs> You're you. You're interviewing them. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's literally the kind of confidence level that you need to walk in. And you started off with that confidence level after no, high school? No, I, I, I didn't have that confidence. I... I I went to a small kind of uh, film school um, 
after theater school. Mm-hmm. It was a six months program in, in Toronto. Um, and we had a lot of guests, like actors and directors coming through that would do workshops and things and, and give advice. And, uh, and this actor's name is Clay Bennett, a uh, Canadian, Canadian actor. And he had told me this kind of thing of just like, you walk into that room and you're an assassin. Like you just got to kill that room. You know, you're focused, you come with your tools and everything, you dress the part. And you don't leave that room until you, like an assassin, doesn't leave until he does his job. You know what I mean? Mm. And that thing's taken down. Mm. And so you're going to do all this preparation at home. And then you're going to go into this room. And naturally, some nerves and some things might occur that might make you forget a line, flub mm. a line, whatever. Or um, not hit something the way you wanted it to. You're not happy. And then they're going to obviously say, because they got so many people to see after you. And they're trying to move things along. Thank you very much. Um, you know, we'll be in touch. Um, and that's when you just stop them and just say, uh, actually, I'm going to take one again. Sorry, I, I didn't quite nail something that I wanted to. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take it again. You know what I mean? And just get, don't even like look at them and wait for the permission. Like go right back to your spot as if like, I'm going to do it again. And you guys start getting your shit set up because I'm going to do it again, whether mm. you like it or not. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And not in a cocky, asshole, arrogant way, because there is a fine line. Definitely. But just say, you know what I mean? I'm going to take that again. Mm. Um, there's been some people who have said also, like, if you're in the middle of the take and you feel a significant amount of uh, nerves, discomfort, you mess something up, you, you just feel like you've thrown it and you're not in it anymore and now you're in your head, just stop. Mm. Don't let them get that take yeah. on film. Yeah, yeah. Have them delete it so you can start again. Just yeah. say, you know what? Hey, guys, sorry, I'm going to take that back. Just turn it off. Let's start again. Yeah. Because they'll just delete that right away. No one will ever see that. Mm-hmm. And now you can start and get a clean take. Mm. You know what I mean? That you should, be, you should walk out of every audition saying, awesome. I fucking nailed it. I did exactly what I prepared at home, in my car, at the bus stop, wherever it was. Mm. You need to walk out of there confident because that way, when you don't get the part, which will often be the case, you can lay easy that, hey, you did everything. I did everything I could. What sucks and what destroys actors is being at home saying, I know I didn't do everything I could Mm. and I'm fucking pissed that I didn't get that part because I think I could have if I would have nailed that. So just, just really taking your time in that room. You know what I mean? Let like they have people to see, but command that room. You know what I mean? Keep doing it until you get it. Keep doing it until you get it. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, for no, closing, closing, no one's going to kick you out of the room. <laughs> no one's going to kick you out. Closing question, um, or second last question. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the point where you arrived at that realization where you were a big advocate for trusting yourself? Or do you, do you think, looking back in hindsight, it was a, it was a, a gradual process of? I think probably that. about two years ago. After you booked Grace. Yeah, becoming yeah. a series regular, Obviously, playing yeah. the character for for a year and a half, two years, getting into the groove of how it works, being comfortable on set. Um, I, I, I developed a system, you know what I mean? And I was trying not to mess with it, and I'm still in that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, where now I learn, where now I reach out and sort of um, let my guard down a little bit, if you will, is just watching films, is watching television watching other actors work, going to plays, like mm-hmm. that's where I'm being open to a new way of working okay. by oh, just witnessing. Cool. You know what I mean? Not opposed to like going to some acting class where they're telling you like, you have to think like this and this is the way you have mm-hmm. to speak. And if mm-hmm. you like, you know, there's all these like rules and little names for things and <laughs> tricks and like, it's just, it's all BS. Yeah. It's not all BS. If you're starting out and you have no idea what right. acting is, yeah. absolutely build a foundation. I read totally. all those books. Yeah. I did all those classes but but way fun. long ago. And, and I figured and out a way that it works for me. Yeah, and then your and own so, process. So now I'm trying to stick with that yeah. and not, you know, have it be corrupted. Mm-hmm. So where I'm learning now is just watching other actors work. That's cool. Watching them in the moment. Oh, wow, look how they did that. Look how mm-hmm. he just, like, took that beat before he said that. Look how he broke up that line. I wasn't expecting him to you do that. I mean? Yeah. Just, Yeah. Or being like, oh, wow, look how vulnerable he's he's choosing to, this is like, you could take this scene and just make it really funny, but he's actually being quite emotional with it. And he's almost on the verge of tears, even though what he's saying is very funny. What an interesting choice that actor made. You know what I mean? That's where I'm learning. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, w- I would say like, watch watch everything. You know, watch 
if there's people talking about things of great quality, watch them. Yeah. Watch those actors do that work. And if you can, which is really fun, get the scripts if you can get them yeah. through your management or online. Sometimes there's some sites online. They yeah. have movie scripts and stuff like that. Yeah. Really, really fun to download the script PDF and then watch the movie with the script yeah. and say, and oh, lines that up actor, or... he didn't say that line or yeah. he changed that or she she decided to do this instead of that or it, it's really cool watching them in the moment. Um, made the choice. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That's cool. a really cool thing too. That's great advice. I love that. Um, anything different with what you now think, feel, need or want versus at the beginning of our chat today? <sighs> I don't think so. I think, yeah. This was really fun. Cool, it's, man. It's good to talk about this. And I, I you know, I went back to um, my high school because I said my sister was graduating. Mm-hmm. And I gave them the same advice. Just oh. about being like, you know, trust yourself. Don't tell, don't have anybody tell you that, you know, what you need to do is like go to university or go to this. or but just, mm-hmm. just trust your process. And we're mm-hmm. all, we often compare ourselves so much to others, yeah. what they have, what age they're getting it by. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, work, love, success, money, all those kinds of things. And you need to just trust that your own path um, will get you there. you got to put in the work, yeah. but we don't all have this straight and narrow path. No. You know what I mean? And then We're all born different times, different days, different years. So absolutely. Part of our lives. Yeah. Some pe- like I feel, one of the, when people say, what do you feel most fortunate about? I feel the most fortunate about the fact that I knew what I wanted to be from so young. Some people are in their 30s and their 40s being like, I don't know what I was put on this planet to do. Yeah. I feel so lucky I knew that early on and didn't spend my whole life working all these different jobs that led me to that. You know what I mean? So, but it's okay to be 18 or 19 or 20 and be like, I have no idea what the hell I want to do with my life. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. You know, travel, um, you know, talk to your friends, your family about jobs that they do, new industries that are being born right now that don't even have workers. Like yeah. just, just do research, but don't worry about not being where you need to be right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's the biggest. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Um, thank you, Giacomo. And guys, thank you for, for listening today. Uh, I was inspired by this chat. I hope you were as well. And until next time.